0: Hello and welcome to BJGP Interviews. My name is Nada Khan and I'm one of the associate editors of the BJGP. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to this podcast. In this episode, we talk to Dr. Bianca Pereira, who is a GP in Tasmania, who is undertaking a PhD at Monash University. We're going to discuss a paper her and her team worked on titled General Practice Management of COPD Patients Following Acute Exacerbations, A Qualitative Study. So thanks, Bianca, for joining us today. I suppose I just wanted to start by describing that this paper highlights a big problem in practice, and that is how we manage people who are having acute exacerbations of COPD. Um, Tell us a bit more about the drive behind this research and the scope of the problem that you were researching.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, In Australia, uh, COPD affects one in 20 people age 45 years and over and imposes a substantial health burden, mainly related to acute exacerbations. So, um, even though uh, significant advances in understanding and treating this disease and the availability of up-to-date international and national evidence-based guidelines COPD remains one of the leading causes of potentially preventable hospital admissions. Evidence has shown um, that substantial proportion of these admissions are linked to readmissions. So more than 50% of patients are estimated to readmit within 12 months, and the risk is highest within three months immediately following discharge. Re-accessivation are commonly a result of incomplete recovery. Uh, So, which suggests that part of the high healthcare burden may be potentially preventable. So, critical time to intervene to interrupt this pattern is widely regarded as a period immediately following an exacerbation. Again, um, COPD is primarily managed by GPs in the community. So, although COPD is one of the leading causes of hospitalization, It is considered potentially preventable through effective self-management and care in general practice. So in this study, um, we aim to gain an understanding of current general practice care for COPD patients who have experienced severe acute exacerbations requiring hospitalization and identify barriers impacting upon the delivery of evidence-based care in general practice for these patients.
0: So this was a qualitative project and you spoke to 18 different GPs. Talk us through what you did here.
1: Yeah, so um, actually uh, we conducted a qualitative descriptive study um, as a part of a larger mixed methods project of general practice management of COPD exacerbation. And um, firstly, we conducted a a national cross-sectional survey of GPs regarding general practice care. Then we invited GPs um, who completed the survey to undertake a qualitative interview to explore um, further their personal experience of care provision for this uh, patient group. And um, we interviewed 18 GPs via Zoom video conference platform.
0: And what were the main themes that came out of your qualitative analysis?
1: Yeah, sure. And um, we found that um, post exacerbation care was influenced by several factors and we observed um, GP's knowledge and their um, variability in the clinical priorities that impacted upon the application of COPD guidelines. In addition, um, Australian general practice is patient-centered and places high value on patients' narratives and shared decision-making. So it was challenging uh, to achieve evidence-based best practice care while practicing patient-centered care. Um, GPs also described uh, frustration regarding insufficient time for post exacerbation consultations to deliver comprehensive care. So these difficulties um, prioritizing uh, COPD care due to time constraint is a particular pressure point within Australia's fee-for-service funding model. One of the other um, key concerns to emerge from the interview was uncertainty regarding pharmacological management. And GP expressed um, a desire for a clear information to guide inhaler therapy choice at each progression of the stepwise management. They also described um, rarely receiving sufficient clinical information from hospitalized patients or engaging in shared decision-making with other healthcare professionals. GPs also um, expressed their concerns regarding difficulties in accessing health services, mainly for pulmonary rehabilitation, such as long wait lists, low, low acceptance of GP referrals for public programs, cost for private programs and limited availability of local programs.
0: I think uh, one thing to pick up on from the findings was that GPs highlighted the difficulty in keeping up with different inhalers in COPD management. Um, What are your thoughts about how GPs can keep on top of what's happening, given all of the competing priorities in practice
1: yeah so the um that is actually a um a problem uh, when i interviewed uh, many gps so it came uh, from many gps because um we usually use stepwise management in managing COPD in each step. So we have um, so many uh, different, uh, for example, uh, corticosteroids, um, long-acting beta blockers, that kind of thing. So many uh, in, in each group, so many uh, inhalers and devices. So the GPs find it was a bit difficult to find what is the best one for uh, each step of management. So usually um, they get this information from pharmaceutical companies, but most GPs, uh, they want to have uh, information that is unbiased information independent from the pharmaceutical companies, yeah.
0: I think that's an important point. I mean, I can remember being in my training sessions and... The lunch might be provided by pharmaceutical representatives coming to describe their new COPD inhalers because they know yeah. they're commonly used and we're the ones yeah. prescribing them. So I think mm-hmm. that's an important point about having unbiased information. Yeah. And did you consider the role of nursing staff or allied health professionals? Um, at least in the UK, most annual healthcare reviews for long-term conditions like COPD are conducted by nurses. What's the practice in Australia?
1: Yeah, so the uh, in Australian general practice, uh, nurses' role is different in each practice. And in most practices, um, uh, nurses' role is to uh, do vaccinations and uh, healthcare assessment kind of thing. And uh, um, only uh, some of the nurses engaging um, something like patient health education and um, techniques, that kind of thing. So actually, uh, so a GP suggested that it's important to have the service of the, uh, the practice GP for something like they suggested that uh, we use diabetic educators for educational things, that kind of thing. And so the GPs also suggested that is a good option But only thing is that in Australian general practice, the the nurse's role is uh, not the same in every practice.
0: And any other key findings that you want to highlight coming out from this research? In general practice,
1: um, not only the GP, but patient also has a role uh, in managing their disease. And uh, the patient's compliance also sometimes a problem, like example for um, smoking cessation. I think not only GPs can manage these patients, but they need support from patients as well as the uh, the healthcare system.
0: And what do you think are the take home messages for people working in primary care? So, what do GPs need to know about this research to improve the care for people who are having? acute exacerbations of COPD?
1: I think um, this study um, provides valuable insight into Australian general practice care of COPD patients following acute exacerbations. So we identified several discrete issues affecting the delivery of evidence-based care, and uh, importantly, most of them appear modifiable. So I think um, GAPs, uh, additional support to GEP is likely to indicate to ensure the um, clinical practice is evidence-informed. And um, it is also essential to explore ways to enhance communication between hospital and primary care settings such as Potential engagement of GPs during uh, times of hospital admission, use of GP-informed disease-specific templated clinical handovers, and again, patient and care engagement in discharge planning. So this can further enhance post exacerbation care.
0: Yeah, and as you mentioned, involving patients with decision-making and health promotion is likely to improve outcomes in this group of people as well. Okay, great. Yeah. Um. I wonder if you could just spend a few minutes going over what you did, what you found and some of the main implications just to summarize this research project. So
1: when when we interviewed the uh, GP, so they, uh, they not only had the opportunity to uh, freely express their opinions and experiences during interview and but also uh, they had the opportunity to self-evaluate their clinical practice and areas to be improved. For example, some GPs commented that participating in this uh, this study had prompted them to consider using written COPD action plans more in their future clinical practice. And again, so this is a study by a GP with important messages about care in gender practice. So they were happy to come up with opinions and their experiences regarding their practice. So uh, this study actually highlights the necessity uh, for GPs to maintain familiarity with evidence-based guidelines and also um, the need to support to GPs to overcome identified barriers to further improve the care of COPD patients.
0: So I think that's a great note to end on. Thank you again, Bianca, for your time here. And thank you all very much for listening to this BJGP podcast. The original research article can be found on bjgp.org and the show notes and podcast audio can be found at bjgplife.com. And if you're interested in hearing more about current research in UK and international primary care, please do join us at the BJGP Research Conference on the 31st of March here in London. The conference website is up and running at bjgp.org forward slash conference and details on how to register are available there. We're looking forward to meeting some of you there and catching up during the networking sessions at the event. Thanks again and bye.